The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended Principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, girlfriendit.com, and the movement, Girlfriendit, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on toginet.com. Well, what is something you must do something about? Okay, that is a really tough question to answer because, you know what, there's a lot of things that, that can stir your soul and that you look around and you go, I, I think I should do something about that. So I don't know the one thing right now. Well, before we go deep into that answer, um, we want to welcome you to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we'll have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. Well, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter because we kind of hang out there sometimes too. Well, you know what? Today we're going to be talking about making a difference in life and in somebody else's life. And I think it's safe to say, and Patty, we always, in, in talking with women, it's like everybody wants to matter. They want to know that they have a purpose. And yet the tough, then the questions emerge from that is like, okay, well, what does that look like? And what should I do? And what is that something that I that I should do something about. And then it, it leads to like, okay, where do I start? And all of those questions can really be overwhelming at, at times. Cause it's like, you just see so much around you and it's like, I'm just one person. I don't know what difference I can make. And so I think as women, especially we all wrestle with that, with that concept and with that question. But, um, well, I, and I think too, Lise, we, we look at what other people are doing. And once again, you know, I know we talk about this a lot about comparing ourselves with other people. And we see that wow, this person's making a difference and this person really matters. And and we have a tendency to, to look at that rather than going, okay, but what is God doing in my life? And, and where should I be joining God? Um, just, just to be on that adventure. And like you said, the, the biggest thing is we're talking with women is I don't know where to start. And they, I, I think so many times even women think I've got to go out and start a ministry or I've got to go do this, you know, grandiose thing rather than just praying and going, okay, who is God putting in front of me right now? And I, I know you and I were, were laughing. Um, you were teasing me a lot because I really enjoy um, going to to camp. And um, I'm fact, at you sitting at camp right now as we speak, missing a grand buffet at breakfast. <laughs> I did rub that in this morning that I am missing the buffet. But yes, I'm sitting here on a front porch at camp, um, at junior high camp. And, um, you, you know, it's just, it's the little things. I just really felt like I needed to be obedient and be here. And when you take those little steps, just moving forward, um, it's, it's crazy what you get to experience and what the blessings of those little steps. And I know um, for me, even I was on, this is day three 
on day two uh, of camp last night, I was able to be a part of sharing Christ with two gals, and they made a decision for the Lord. And there's there's nothing like that. And that's just those little steps of moving forward and being obedient to where God is calling you. I, absolutely. And it is, like you said, it is those small things that really can be huge things. And and so many of the little small things we do, we don't understand that there's ripple effects from them because you touch one person's life and then you don't realize that that person touches another person and another person. And and the ripple effects can be huge, but we don't see it from that perspective. We just see this this right in front of us. But it's interesting because yesterday um, I actually had three different coffee dates. You're out of town, so I had all this coffee, you know, coffee connections <laughs> happening. And um, I, I was kind of over the coffee thing a little bit by the end of the day. I mean, the coffee. Not, well, not the and I got to talk to you while you were all caffeinated, so that was fun was for me. I caffeinated <laughs> yesterday, so I just want you to know you missed all that. But uh, it was interesting because I was talking with such a, a dear friend, and, and this is a young gal who is, is pretty new in the faith, and I just love her heart, her spirit, and she was sharing a story with me uh, yesterday. And it was one of those things we were talking about this very thing. How do we be obedient to God? How do we look for where God is nudging and prompting us and just kind of feel his spirit moving and going, okay, you need to go talk to this person, whatever. And it takes it takes us being still and listening, um, first of all. But then when, when you're feeling the, like the prompting of the spirit, it's like, okay, do, go do something about it. And she was telling how, you know, it's in those ordinary spaces of life where God surprises us and she and her husband were at the pool with with their two little boys swimming and she said we kept noticing that there was this young dad sitting over there by the side of the pool and he was just sitting with his head like in his hands and just kind of look looking dejected and she said her and her husband kept going do you think he's okay do you think he's you know are you know they couldn't figure it out and her husband you know they were like back and forth i'm sure he's just tired or maybe he's not okay so they were having this conversation should we go say something so Finally, they did. They went up to him and they just said, are you okay? And he actually said, I am not. And mm. they said, you know, well, I feel sorry, but what, you know, then you go, okay, now what do I do? I don't want to be intrusive, but yet, you know, he just opened up by saying I'm not okay, which was a huge act of courage on his yeah. part. Mm-hmm. And, and they, and come to find out his wife had, had cancer. She just, she's in remission and healing and she decided to leave him. And he's like devastated. He just went through this journey with his wife on cancer. Now she's leaving him. And so they were able to have this conversation and ask him, you know, do you have a support network around you? And kind of talk about, you know, we know a great place and kind of, you know, put in church a little bit and just said, do you want us to pray for you? And he actually said, yes, I would love that. And so that was what that moment was about. And she goes, I don't know anything beyond that. I, we gave him our phone number and we'll just see, you know, what, um, what God does. But it, you know, it is being obedient in the ordinary spaces of life, sitting around a pole, noticing somebody and just going, I wonder if, and so many times, you know, the problem is we go, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, invade their space. I don't want to interrupt them. And we do nothing. Exactly. And, and that would be one of our, our tips, our walkaway tips today is to, um, to never underestimate the difference you can make in the lives of others. Because we, we have a tendency to do exactly that. We kind of talk ourselves out of it. Like we have a thought 
a lot, many times it's that nudge. It's a nudge from the Holy Spirit and we see something and it can be as simple as, I, I know my husband, his story the other day, he was watching this gentleman get out of the car and his, um, his leg got kind of caught in uh, from the time opening the door to the to the sidewalk and he thought i wonder if he needs help but he he was he had a wheelchair and he thought no i, I don't want to you know i don't know why but you sometimes you think oh i don't want to offend them <laughs> and he goes over there and he was in desperate need of help and sometimes we don't listen to that nudge of hey look over here keep your eyes open wide because god is is asking you all all the time Hey, what about this person here? And like you said, if you're being still, then you can really hear what God is trying to tell you. But if you're so caught up in, in what you're doing and just the busyness, sometimes we don't hear that nudge and we don't, we're not obedient. Absolutely. And you know, so many times we think, well, what difference can I make? I am just one person. I don't really have these exceptional gifts or abilities. I don't have this huge platform. And so we come up with all these excuses and we really take us out of the running of being able to join God and doing something for in somebody's life. And I, I know that we just go, well, all I can do is this. And, you know, it, it is really about, it, it is fun doing ministry and doing ministry as you and me, we love doing ministry with girlfriends. And, you know, as we've talked about before, one of our ministries is we go into the strip clubs and we have this team. And what is so what is so powerful when you put a team together in ministry, you kind of see where everybody's strength is and say, we need you to do this. So like with our team, we have we take in cupcakes and cookies and we have a couple of gals that are amazing at baking cookies and cupcakes. I mean, they make these like so gourmet, so specialized, so yummy. You and me can't, you know, there's no way you and me can, could do that. And yet, hey, 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 hey. Well, I'm just saying, okay, there's no way I can do that. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I, I've tasted your cupcakes, by the way. They, you know, they're good. All of oil works on anything. I just have to tell you that. Yeah. Your cupcakes are good, but I must say that these cupcakes are exceptional. How about yes, that? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And I know you're not offended by that. We're okay with that because we know that our children and our legacy will not be in the culinary realm. That will not be our giftedness. It will not. But anyway, it's just so fun to see that these women who behind the scenes are baking these cupcakes and these cookies that are just to die for and cute. And I mean, the presentation is, is there that they are making a difference. And then when we get to take them into the to the clubs and talk with these girls, they literally light up and they get so excited and they really are a gift of love. And so and we have a prayer team and we have a resource team and it's everybody doing their part that makes a difference in people's lives. And yet we go, I am just, you know, it's like in the Bible, I'm just the big toe or I'm just the little finger. And it's like, no, you don't understand the significance that you play. And it's like putting together teams and, you know, just allowing God to use everybody's giftedness, pull it together. And he orchestrates and he does like amazing things as a result. Well, and, and what's so cool about what you were saying is, you know, just like you said, oh, I'm, I'm just the big toe. So many times we look at others and we go, wow, they're so anointed or they've been they've been called. Um, I, I know I was sitting here yesterday. As you can hear, all the kids are walking by. So this is this is awesome that you guys get to experience all the fun I'm having here, too. And I want you to know you, we only have a minute and then you have to take a break from all your fun there. OK, <laughs> OK, well, and, and actually in one minute time, I just want to say I was sitting with 
Kevin Marr. He's a, a youth pastor here at Central Christian Church. And he was just sharing how he was 10 years old and he felt like he was called by God sitting here at this exact same camp at UCYC in Prescott. And um, how I, I looked at him and I, I thought, you know, I don't think I've ever had a moment where I was just sitting there going, this is what I was called. It was a process. And we once again, we compare ourselves and we go, wow, you were called. And, and I think for people just to hear, no, sometimes it's just you being asked to do something. And that's, that's God's way of saying, hey, join me in this. And then it's a process to figure out where on God's adventure do you need to be. Absolutely. And that, you know, it really is, it really is about that and this joining him. And, you know, as we go into a break, and we're very, very excited about our special guest today, Nancy Alcorn, who is the president and founder of Mercy Ministries, which um, we're going to go into more about that. But she has an amazing story. But uh, you know what? We love quotes and we love good stories. And I just want to kind of close this. It's like one of the quotes, um, one is not born into the world to do everything, but to do something. And that was Henry David Thoreau. And I think our challenge today for all of us is what is something that you can do today? Like be on the alert for someone that God is putting in your path that he wants to bring, that, he, that you can make a difference, that you are there at that for such a time as this. We're going to take a quick break. This is Girlfriend on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Are you yearning to connect with those close to you who have passed on? Do you feel you'd be more at peace or more in balance in your life if you could only have that connection? Now you do. It's time for Alex Laws and the Alex Laws Hour. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Alex discovered an incredible balance that allowed him to listen and receive messages from the other side. Not your traditional psychic medium. Alex has spent the last 27 years as an endurance athlete and entrepreneur. At the core of Alex's abilities is his knowing that in order to open one's soul to the universe, one must open their heart to being authentic. The wisdom Alex has shared from those beyond the veil has helped at an international level and changed people's lives and sometimes, too, their direction in life. Need help with your life or business direction? Tap into the spiritual realm of Alex Laws. For more information, check out alexlaws.com. Then join us for the Alex Laws Hour with Alex Laws. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, here on The Rock. Star Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a bug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. 
And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We are talking about how each one of us really can make a difference when we're just aware and alert and watching where God is moving and just that we're willing to step in and join him. Well, since 1983, Mercy Ministries has provided hope and healing to generations of desperate young women who are seeking freedom from life-controlling issues such as eating disorders, self-harm, depression, physical and sexual abuse, including sex trafficking, drug and alcohol addictions, and unplanned pregnancies. Mercy Ministries offers a free-of-charge Christian residential program that helps young women from various socioeconomic backgrounds between the ages of 13 and 28. Mercy also serves young women who have been physically and sexually abused, including the victims, like we said, of sex trafficking. And their Christian approach to healing allows young women to permanently stop destructive cycles and prepares them to take hope out into their communities. Well, we are extremely delighted and honored to have the president and founder of Mercy Ministries, Nancy Alcorn, with us today. And she's joining us all the way from Florida. We were talking earlier. We are all literally scattered across the country this day on this show. And Nancy, we are so excited to have you join us. And you have just released a brand new book called Mission of Mercy, which was released in May. And we're going to talk about that a little later in the show. But we want to personally welcome you to our show. Well, thank you for having me. It's it's an honor to be on your show. I've heard great things about it, and I know you guys are dealing with relevant issues that pertain to uh, uh, where we are today in our world and our God view, and it's just a joy to be with you guys. Well, I just want you to know we we do talk about you behind your back because you have a cousin, Kim Morris, that is on our team, and we all love you and sing your praises. So we we talk about you at times behind your back, but in a very godly, honoring way, just so you know. (laughs) Well, you know what? Kimberly's a good one, so anything she says about me, I'm pretty sure I can trust that she's awesome. Oh, she is awesome. She's fabulous. She keeps us in line and keeps us on track. So, you know, she's really a significant part of our team. Well, you know, you you talk a lot, and, and Patty and I, this is a heartbeat of us, because we talk a lot of times about choices that we all make. And we, we right. live a lot of times with the consequences of our choices. And what do we choose? And so many times you see women that they do choose destructive behaviors. And a lot of times um, it's because they've been modeled that and they don't know how to stop that and so they continue that. And you really have that heartbeat coming in and rallying around women and providing. There's so many aspects and layers to Mercy Ministries. But uh, first of all, too, we want to congratulate you on 30 years of ministry. I know that well, you've been celebrating you. that. That is a huge accomplishment, especially today in, this, you know, in, in these times. It's, you see a lot of uh, ministries, churches, organizations that start and get going, and then they just kind of fizzle and die. But, um, you know, God is, you know honored and anointed you and your ministry and just the the difference you are truly making in thousands of women's lives. So we want to just say congratulations on that. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. We had a great celebration in Nashville Thursday and Friday. Um, And people joined us from separate nations around the world and all over the United States. And we had a thing of about 1,500 people in a brand new building called the Music City Center that we had the first event in there, which I think has spiritual significance for for our city. But our governor and his wife greeted us, and uh, Jody Osteen, Pastor Joel Osteen's um, mom from Lakewood was there with me, and we had hundreds of girls that had been through the program over the years join us, and Cece Winans was our music guest, and Dave Ramsey was our master of ceremonies. 
and Coach Jeff Fisher, who used to coach the Tennessee Titans, was there, and he presented me with – he's now the head coach of the St. Louis Rams, and we have a home in St. Louis as well. So he was just there to proclaim that he still – he may not be coaching in Tennessee, but he's still a big supporter of Mercy in St. Louis, and he's going to help us there. So it was a very special time. Thank you for congratulating us. Well, that is that it really is huge. And what God is doing, obviously, he has anointed you and granted you favor and, and just your your willingness to step out in obedience. And, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, people always say somebody should do something about that. And you you said, I am somebody and I must do something about that. And just starting and allowing God to transform dreams and visions and morph them into doing immeasurably more. Um, one of the things you guys, you talk a lot about choices and one of the things choosing, choosing freedom, um, you know, we can't choose what happens to us, but we can choose our response. And as you see with these women dealing with it, it is hard being in the trenches with a lot of, um, especially women, because Patty and I work with women who have been sexually abused and, and just all that. There's a lot of layers, as we know, that go with that to, to getting them to that part of freedom. Can you talk, just kind of, you know, kind of walk us through some of that choosing freedom, what that can look like for these women and how you guys just relate with these women? Well, for, you know, first of all, um, you know, as you guys would know, since you work with similar situations, shame is a really big issue. Shame is a big issue. Unforgiveness is a big issue, and, and understandably so. And um, also another big, huge issue that we have to deal with is the character of God, because a, a lot of the girls have been told, well, this is God's will, or it wouldn't have happened to you, but that's not in line with what the Scripture says. The Bible says that God is good, and He does good, and that every good and perfect gift comes from God. And I think we would all agree that if a little girl gets raped when she's, seven years old or five or whatever that that's not that's not the will of god and we have scripture to back up that the thief the john 10 10 the thief comes to kill to steal and to destroy that jesus that i have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly and also in first john 3 3 8 it says for this purpose was the son of god manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil so a lot of the i mean when when it, little children get it sexually and physically and abused and mistreated that's not the will of god so to help the girls understand wait a minute god loves you unconditionally this is not your fault and he does not want you to live your life filled with guilt shame and condemnation but he actually sent jesus to redeem you uh, back and give and restore back to you all that's been stolen well, you know what, Nancy, I love that you just said that that is not God's will. Um, so many times, I mean, we know God does allow these things to happen, but I, I think that is, you're right, that shame, and that is what so many girls do struggle with. I know for even um, with with my mom, my mom was murdered, and I actually had a pastor say, this is God's perfect plan. And and even as an adult, I, I it, it really threw me. Because I thought, yeah. no, this is not God's perfect plan. But so many times it's it's how we word things and how we say things that um, can be so destructive. And that, well, that let, one sentence. Let me, let me say one thing about that. I think, can God use it? Yes. Did he cause it? No. And that is what we need to convey. I mean, that shouldn't be the first things out of your mouth. That is not a reassuring, comforting thing to say. I, you know what? That. I had no idea that that had happened to your mom, and my heart goes out to you. I know that had to be very difficult. But here's the deal. 
because God does give us choices as human beings. If we choose to serve God, we're going to, we're going to be a blessing to the earth. And if we're choosing uh, to serve the enemy and his plans and purposes, then, like the Bible says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And unfortunately, your mom was a victim of someone's choice who was serving the wrong side. Well, and that is what, um, just being able to dialogue that, um, I know here at camp, I had three, three gals last night that were sharing, um, just the struggles that they're going through. And one of them, you know, their father's in prison and another one, her mom's in a wheelchair and another one, her dad has leukemia. Wow. You're just, you're blown away that this is all happening in, in one little small group talking, you know, wow. during discussion. And the last thing they want to hear is that all these things that this is God's perfect plan. And it's, it's exactly what you said. It's focusing on, but God's walking through with you. And and that was what one of the girls said, is I've been praying all the time for my dad to to be able for God to heal him with his leukemia. And they, that's great. That's a great prayer. It's how God's walking through with you and giving you that peace and helping you. Um, as it says in Romans, he's going to turn all things into good. And that's what we yeah, have to, to focus on. I agree with you. So life happens to all of us, and, and God, God said in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So he didn't promise us, a, you know, that that we would be without problems, And, and uh, but he gives, it's like you said, he will walk through with us. Well, I have to back up, Nancy. Um, we are talking about just... You know, so many leaders out there, they're going, okay, I want to do these these big, huge, like radical, audacious things for God. And and sometimes it's just going back and it's doing the little things and starting and, and just putting that one step forward and, and joining God. Um, what happened in your life that you answered God's calling and you were obedient and you took that one step forward? Well, the biggest thing that happened, and they was the first job I got right out of my, uh, you know, I had a, I had kind of a, you know, I, I had an eating disorder and, and started in high school and, you know, not so great of a lot of dysfunction in my family. I'm not going to get into that, but, but bottom line is I became a Christian right before college and my whole college life was around the things of God. And so after I graduated from college, right out, my first career job was working with the government. And I spent uh, five years working as athletic director at a girls' correctional facility, ages 14 to 18, and then three additional years after that at investigating child abuse cases in the Emergency Child Protective Services Unit. And the first thing they told us in our orientation on that state job was separation of church and state. You cannot share Christ. So we would bring in all these all these uh, godless doctors who promoted their drugs and their uh, labels of being your, you know, your, you, once an addict, always an addict. Once, uh, uh, you know, once you're abused as a child, you're damaged goods. You know, once you're depressed, you will always be depressed and it runs in your family. And so they label and they put them on drugs and they would tell them all the reasons why they can never change. And that is inconsistent with the Christian message. God says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, these are the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope in the future. And, and the truth is a lot, a lot of these kids did, you know, they had horrible things happen to them, which I call the white behind the white. I mean, we saw a lot of angry teenage girls 
but but when I would read their case records, I could totally understand why they were so angry because they had, did not get, they were used and abused physically, sexually, emotionally, mentally. They were not treated and nurtured the way God intended children to be. And so mm-hmm. as a result of that anger and that unforgiveness and the bitterness and resentment, here they are acting out. They get sent up by juvenile court judges for a year at a time. And so here I am working with these kids, and I could see their potential. I knew what the psychologists and psychiatrists were telling them, and I knew about the medications they were putting them on and all that stuff. And I'm not I'm not opposed to medication. Some people need it, but the fact of the matter is we Nancy, were using we're take it a quick break. to cover the issue. Nancy, we're going to take a really quick break, and we'll be right back with Nancy Alcorn. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a -a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Mobile is the future, and the future is now. Listen in each week, Tuesdays, 4 to 5 Central, to Brilliant Mobile Marketing with your host, Mobile Mary, as we simplify the hottest marketing channel, Mobile Marketing, and share secrets on how you can use mobile to be more brilliant, be more profitable, and have more fun in your industry. Join us each week to learn from brilliant business leaders on how to simply and easily capture a list of raving fans and turn them into loyal customers. This show will help business owners, authors, and speakers realize their own brilliance by tapping into the insights of fellow brilliant business leaders. We will also showcase brilliant tools, both traditional and digital, that will make you more brilliant in everything you do. Don't miss your date with Brilliant Mobile Marketing and your host, Mobile Mary, America's mobile marketing expert, as she shares her success strategies every Tuesday from 4 to 5 Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to our show with our special guest, Nancy Elkhorn. And Nancy, we just rudely cut you off for a commercial. So we want to go back and kind of finish and just unpack that that thought of how you... um, how you were passionately, you jumped in and you were having to work with the government and um, just continue on from there. Well, basically, they put us in a position where we weren't allowed to share the message that brings true freedom, which is uh, knowing, you know, receiving Christ and forgiveness and having a, a way to have the shame and guilt and condemnation lifted off you. So basically, we had 300 girls there at this girls' correctional facility at any one given time, sent there for a year, supposedly to be rehabilitated, and they would go back to the same environment 
that they came from. So that means gang members were going back to the streets to be a part of the gang again. And drug dealers were waiting on the girls to sell the drugs and do the drugs. And and pimps were waiting on the girls who had been arrested for prostitution to pull them back into that same lifestyle. So, so we'd send them right back to the very places and the very influences that got them in trouble to start with. And we began to hear of girls dying from drug overdoses, girls getting killed in street gang fights, girls, uh, some that actually committed suicide before their 18th birthday because they mm-hmm. felt like they had no hope because they were never given any hope. And so basically that and then three more years investigating child abuse cases in the Emergency Protective Services Unit. So so the first five years I'm dealing with angry teenage girls. The last three I work for the government. I'm dealing with little children that are being uh, sex, horribly sexually abused and physically mm-hmm. abused and young boys sodomized. I mean, everything. And it's like, okay, now I'm t- God says, now I'm taking you back in time and I'm showing you why those teenagers were so angry because this is what happened to them. And when I had to see it with my own eyes and write reports about it and interview the perpetrators, oh, it just, it, and the same thing, you can't send them to the local churches or the local ministries. You have to send them to the mental health center. Mm-hmm. So after eight years of working with the government, I can sum it up in one sentence. God has not anointed the government to heal broken mm-hmm. hearts and set captives free. He's called his people to do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He has called the, the, the church, you know, to be the hope and the healing of the world. And it will not be the governments that, that step in and, and, and are part of the solution. We really do need... Um, heavenly wisdom and solutions to really be a part of our, you know, our challenges here on earth. And it, that's so cool how you recognize that and go, okay, I'm going to do something about this and taking and just seeing all those cycles and understanding. So many times we don't take time to go to the root and like really what's causing this and understand, like you said, why they're so angry because it goes back in their own life. Um, well, I have to admit to you, you that that I got really mad, and I and and for a while I was going around looking, saying to people, "Why is that someone doing something about this?" And and then I realized, wait a minute, if I'm this angry about this injustice, maybe God's putting it on me to do something about it. And what I would say that your listeners are pay attention to what makes you angry, because maybe God's speaking to you to do something. Uh, you know what? And that is so true. Pay attention. Like if you're listening to this show right now and you're getting angry, because I know just now when you said what what is taking place with these the children, you know, with these little boys and these little girls, and it doesn't mean necessarily you have to take on this full-time job. We know that it, it's it's the church that truly is the hope of the world, and it, it might just be that small step to go to an organization, to find one in, in your city that, um, you know, a faith-based organization that is, is doing something, and it might be as simple as, you know, I don't, joining the Big Brothers or, or just um, bringing a meal to somebody's house who is you know, having foster kids. There's so many things, but yet we sit there and go, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. And just do something. Move forward. Well, Nancy, your brand new book that we just talked about is called Mission of Mercy. Can you just kind of share just the message of the book and what inspired you to write this? Because you've written numerous books, um, but why this this one? Well, this one is way different than any book I've ever written. To be to be quite honest, I've been very comfortable for 30 years telling heart-wrenching stories that other people have been through, but I've never been willing really to go back into my own childhood and tell my own. So, I, so God challenged me with, my, you know, how we always say, well, I will never share this 
or I will never write about this or I will never talk about this. And I had made kind of those declarations over myself, but God said, no, you know, it's time for you to write about your own and tell your own story. And then to set up the essence of the book, which is having compassion toward hurting people rather than judgment and understanding that, that no matter what a person's doing, that there's always a why behind the why. There's always a reason. So I started with, with my early childhood and shared some very intimate things that I've never shared about my own life before. I'm pretty sure my own cousin, Kimberly, will be very surprised when she reads the book because there's a lot of things in there that she she wouldn't even know, even though we were cousins and family. And um, so anyhow, um, I also shared when my dad died in 2001, uh, 12 years ago, I had I didn't have anybody in ministry that challenged me about getting help because all kinds of things surfaced that I had stuffed. You know, I had stuffed a lot of things. God wants us to deal with grief and sorrow and, you know, the pain of our past. And I did not realize, here I am leading a ministry. Mercy had been going for like 18 years at the point that my dad died. And here I am leading this international ministry. My dad dies, all this stuff comes to surface. And I'm like... Wow, you know, like I had all this stuff, these issues happening, and and a friend of mine who's a college basketball coach had the guts to challenge me to to go to counseling and get help. And a lot of times as leaders, I think we put this trip on ourselves. Well, what are people mm-hmm. going to think if I go to counseling? You know, and mm-hmm. what I would say to that is, go get help with whatever issues may be surfacing in your your life, because if we do not, as leaders, deal with the issues in our life, at some point they will deal with us. And I've had friends, and I'm sure you guys have too, that have, have, have moral failures and all kinds of things happen where they had to be removed from the, their position of ministry as a result. And I, so what God, what, thank God I had a friend that challenged me, go get help. You don't have, you can, you can go to, through counseling. You can reach out and receive ministry. You're not superhuman. You're not Jesus. You need Jesus. And God uses us in each other's lives. So I decided as a leader, I made the decision to go to counseling and what I thought was going to be two or three sessions ended up seven years worth. And I write the intimate details of that in my book because I'm trying to give not just leaders, but human beings in general permission that it's okay not to be perfect. And it's okay if you need to seek out Christian counseling of some sort. That's amazing. And I do think that like you said, oh, if, if we go to counseling, people are going to know we're broken. And I, I think the generation before us, we didn't talk about these things. We didn't talk about, especially, you know, some of those secrets that took place because you don't want to expose anybody else. You don't want to throw anybody else under underneath the bus. And um, you you can talk about these issues without throwing people under the bus. And you, getting counseling just means you're walking through um, just, just some of these struggles. And, and I, I do believe, especially um, women in leadership, be it through marriage counseling or um, just life counseling to have a life coach like you said someone that loved you enough to challenge you and say you need to do something about this you need to unpack some of these issues and it's kind of funny nancy that you say that because lisa and i will laugh because here we are you know in in middle-aged um i don't think i've ever claimed that so that's lisa's probably laughing right now (laughs) but to be able to um challenge each other and i know now is when like you said all of a sudden these issues start coming out and um it's 
I don't know. It's been weird for me that, that now you're dealing with some of these issues that you thought, how come I'm not over this yet? Right. And, you know, and, and, and I think that God has a time, too, because it, it was sometimes that some event that happens in your life makes you, that, that brings something to the surface. And if God brings something to the surface, it's because he's ready for, for to help you deal with it. And my dad's death brought a lot, lot to the surface that I had not dealt with. And I think, so I think that, that, that there's a, it's, thank God he doesn't like hit us with everything all at once because we wouldn't be able to, to handle it. But if we're, we're all a work in progress and God is, uh, is, takes us from faith to faith and glory to glory. And he wants to work in us both the will and to do his good pleasure. And that transformation process is ongoing from the time we receive Christ till the time we leave the earth. Well, okay, I, I have I have to ask you a personal question, and you're going to say, sure. Patty, go read the book, Mission of Mercy. Um, but you have me completely intrigued. Will you just share one thing that, as your father passed away, that kind of just revealed itself, that came up, that you knew you had to deal with? Yes, absolutely. I will. Um, my dad was a good man, but we had a very tragic situation happen actually dedicated the book to my little three-and-a-half-year-old sister who was killed in a tragic accident on our farm. And she was actually crushed to death in my dad's lap on a tractor mm. as my mother watched it. Mm. And he felt every bone in her body break. He would have. There was blood pouring out of every opening in her body, her ears, her eyes, her nose, everything. And my mother watched it. I described more detail in the book. But... But because my dad never got over that, he had a sadness, and nobody talked. You know, back then it's like you said, we didn't talk about stuff, mm-hmm. and our and, and so we just all pretended it never happened, and we never brought it up. So we didn't have any grief counseling. We didn't have anyone praying with us. We even had religious people come in saying, you know, it was her time to go. Well, I'm sorry, but it's not your time to go when you're only three and a half years old. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and there was a reason, a practical reason why. You know, because, you know, a lot of times we, like when Keith Green died years ago, it was, they determined the cause of death was because they overloaded the plane. And in this case, there there were brakes that were bad on a truck that should have been replaced. And my dad knew they were bad. And, but, you know, you just keep putting things off sometimes because you're busy. I mean, there were seven kids in my family. And Mm -hmm. they, my dad worked hard. He worked two jobs. And, and unfortunately at that very moment, it's when the brakes went out, and my mother was in the cab of the truck trying to pull the tractor out of the ditch, and my sister was my dad slapping it before either one of them could move. That tractor, the truck went on top of the tractor, and it was just, it just went like an accordion. So, so, and, and, and my dad's ribs were cracked from the force of the steering wheel, and my sister was between the steering wheel and my dad's body. I know that's kind of graphic, but that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. so as a result of my dad's death, I, I always loved my dad, and I had a real heart for him because, but but Kimberly can even tell you, my cousin, that he always, he's a great man, but he always had the sadness in his eyes, and sometimes I would see him tear up at times, and, you know, he just never got over it, and who could get over something like that because he blamed himself, and so, you know, I had some really strong feelings for him that I never really expressed so my regrets were more over what was ne- what we never had than what we than the, than anything that he did to me that was wrong yeah well nancy we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to continue this raw and real conversation thank you we'll be right back
This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She's a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to our show with our special guest, Nancy Alcorn, president and founder of Mercy Ministries, who is celebrating their 30th year. And I know we've talked about that. We're we're just so excited with you, Nancy, on your 30 years of ministry. And again, we want to thank you for taking the time to join our show, as we know you've been busy um, just, you know, writing your new book, which Lisa and I have been attempting that for years now. And uh, it's that's a hard thing to just set the time aside and make that happen. But um, um, this is, you were unpacking the story of, of what took place, and um, we, once again, we just keep rudely interrupting you for commercial breaks, and we, we need a whole day just to, to talk about your book. <laughs> so, um, Nancy, go there. You Sponsors know, are important. Sponsors are important. <laughs> yes, yes. So, we just want to, you know, in this, this last segment, um, just keep sharing that. Like, you're just giving women permission to be able to, to talk about... Um, some of the things that are that are going on and the struggles in their life to have that either that person or or, or just like you mentioned being obedient to where God is calling you um, to share and kind of talk a little bit more about that. How did you know, like you said, to, to, that this is just a call of being obedient? Well, and Nancy, that well, you were basically saying it's okay to not be okay as women and as yeah, leaders. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think that. I think that if we are, I think we're living in a time where people are a lot more interested in what comes out of our our life than what comes out of our mouth. And if we if if we are 
fake and phony and try to act like we got it all together, then who is going to ever really want to connect with a perfect person? I know I don't. I want to talk to somebody who's been through something and may still be going through something that can maybe a step ahead of me that can really help me walk through what I need to walk through. But, you know, there are just certain things in my life that I, I, I fell into a, the trap of thinking that there were things for a season of time that I couldn't share. But what I found out is uh, it, when I started getting real and going, hey, I, I set my staff, I have 200 people on my staff, and I set them down and t- shared with them in intimate detail about that I'm going to counseling, told them why told them what I was going through, and I kept them posted. And, and, and I thought it was going to be just maybe a few sessions, and it ended up being seven years. And I still go from time to time just when I need to talk through something. And it's, and, But what happened is I would find my own staff from time to time immediately, knocking on my door. I never thought I could share this with you, but, and they'd tell me what something, you know, really tough that they were going through. And, and what I realized through that is, wow, this is, this is what the way the word does say, confess your faults to one another, your slips or whatever, you know, and pray one for another that you may be healed. That's what the word says. And I, and so I think that God, that wants leaders to quit trying to act like they're perfect. There is no such thing. And to be more vulnerable and transparent so that people will feel like they can connect with us. And that is honest- such a great that is such a great point because a lot of times we've been conditioned that we have to look and present the appearance that we have it together in order to be an effective leader. And like you right. said, I, I, um, just so appreciate what you said, what comes out of our life it's more significant than what comes out of our mouth. And people are listening really more to our life than to our, our words and our mouth. And getting those in alignment, that is a great, that's a great, uh, just kind of a thing to think about and, and to challenge us in that. And just that vulnerability, and that is so hard. Was that, describe that process for you to even come to that place going, I need to sit down with my 200 staff members and be vulnerable. That takes a lot of courage. Well, what what at first, I mean, I'll be honest, I fought it tooth and nail at first because I'm like, what are people going to think? I'm leaving the ministry. What do people find out? I'm going to count. Well, after about three sessions, I'm like, well, I'm proud I'm going to counsel and I'm dealing with stuff that we all need to deal with stuff. I mean, it was just like, what, where did I get this from? Because I am actually involved in a ministry where I tell young women across the country and other countries where we have homes that, that. There, this transformation process is going to go on for all of our life, but I forgot to remember that that applies to me as well as to them. And so, you know, I just started sharing from my heart, and I think God just gave me the strength and courage to do it. And when I saw the result of it, was said it, my being willing to do that was causing other people to do it as well, and to be and to do, and to even. Uh, I've had numbers of people come to me on my staff and go because you shared with us you were going to counseling. Uh, I went. I went too because of this or that or whatever. And um, in 1994, when I wrote my first book, Echoes of Mercy, which we did a just did a brand new updated version on uh, for our 30th anniversary, uh, the publisher at that time wanted me to start the book with my sister's the story of my sister's death, and I threw the biggest fit like you ever saw in your life. And I said, I will <laughs> never, I told them, I said, I will never share that in a book. 
And I will never put my family through that. I will never draw that. I'll never bring that. I mean, and the reason why is because I wasn't healed. I had stuff that I now know why I reacted so violently because it was still in me. I hadn't dealt with it really appropriately. So, so I, and I said, if I, if I have to write that in the book, then there's not going to be a book. So we came up with a different story to start that particular book. But now all these years later, and after going through seven years of counseling, God said, now it's time because there are a lot of people and it wasn't just my sister's death. And it does, if you get, you get the book, you're going to find that there were a whole string of tragic deaths of people that I was very, very close to, two of which were guys that I that I dated, one I thought I would end up getting married to. And just so it's kind of heart-wrenching stuff. And so so it wasn't just my when my dad died, just the death of my sister, but it was all of the grief that I had just stuffed for so long and that I had to to work through and, and, and to be willing, you know, even even new levels of forgiveness. I mean, we, we pray prayers of forgiveness like I choose to forgive, and it is a choice. But sometimes things come back up, and we have to revisit that and release release it all over again. But forgiveness is very freeing, you know, for us. So I, God just really gave me the courage and strength. I think I, I'd grown to the point and worked through enough that I knew it was time to tell the story because it's it's sort of like when I was young in ministry 30 years ago when I first started, there were people that I looked up to as mentors, and, and I just kind of realized last year, wow, you know, I'm now 58 years old, and I've got the younger ones looking up to me to lead. So that was a big, big, big thing, too, that God wanted me to step up and lead in, by writing this book so that people could connect with it and be free to deal with whatever they need to deal with. Well, and you really are giving so many other women in leadership permission to lead in an authentic, vulnerable way, which has not been the case from past generations. And that has passed down to us because I know even as a pastor's wife, you know, early on, you know, 30 years ago, it's like you're supposed to be so stoic and, you know, you're not supposed to make friends with people in the church. And there were so many of these, um, you know, rules that were spoken and unspoken to follow. And yet they were very isolating and caused you to just not be with people. And as we see so much of Jesus' life, he was with people. He lived with them. He poured into his disciples. And yet we were kind of taught that as leaders, you're supposed to kind of be at a distance. And um, so I appreciate you saying, no, get in there with them. Be real. Be who you are and lead from that place. I just want to ask a question. So many of our, our listeners are women in leadership, women in, uh, you know, as church planning wise, women just, you know, stepping in there. And to see you... Um, here you are 30 years later, God gives you a dream, a vision. He gives you, uh, makes you angry at injustice enough to do something. What is your, and I don't, it, the secret is not the word, but the sustainability and how God, how it, it is thriving. Because we know God is in it and doing that. But you also, there's the human factor where you need to do, make some wise decisions also along the way. Um, what What would you say has helped you to get to this point where today you are celebrating 30 years of ministry and still going strong? I, I, I think, I mean, obviously the biggest thing is obedience to God, but at the very beginning, a little over 30 years ago, God spoke three principles to me. He said, if you will abide by these three principles, I will see to it that every need is met and that the ministry will grow and expand. And number one was take the girls in free of charge. 
because they need to know that you're not trying to make money off their problem. They need to be able to trust. Trust is a big issue. They need to trust your motive. Secondly, the Lord said, you know, a lot of ministries like yours, especially taking girls in free of charge, there's a tendency to have poverty mentality and think that you need everybody's used mattresses with holes in them for the girls to sleep in and cracked windows panes and all that stuff. And the Lord said, no, your needs are good. You, you, you give at least 10% in offerings when I tell you to other ministries, because the Word of God says when you give, it's given back to you, good measure, press down, shaking together, running over. So basically take the girls in free of charge, give 10% of what comes into your ministry to other ministries helping hurting people. And the last thing God said was don't ever take any government funding or any other money that will restrict your freedom to share the only message that will set captives free, and that's new life in Christ. So we have for 30 years consistently obeyed that, even through the hard times when it looks like we couldn't afford to give. It's not even an option not to. We do it. And it's been one miracle after another of how God has brought provision to us. And so I think just to, just to obey the simplicity of obeying what Christ, the instructions Christ gave and obviously staying in the Word and conforming our lives to the Word of God and having integrity and ethics and, you know, being accountable. We're a member of ECFA so that people can look at our into our finances and know that we really are spending the money where it's supposed to go. And uh, we are also charity navigator, rich charities in the U.S. like ours. The highest rating you can get is four-star, and we've consistently had a four-star rating. So just doing things with excellence because we believe that that's the way that, 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 that God wants us to do it. Well, and Nancy, we only have about a minute before we have to conclude our show. And again, we just want to thank you um, from the bottom of our hearts for joining our show and sharing and just going into this real and raw conversation and giving so many of us permission to go be who God created you to be. And it's okay, the messiness and the brokenness of our life, let God use that and and to to really set others free like you said the captives free and and just reminding us again that really it's through Christ and the and the church and, and the hope of the world and it's not through the governments but as we leave in 30 seconds I love your thing of um it's about obedience and not obedience when it's always convenient Stay true to your values um and in 20 seconds what what do you want to leave us with <laughs> well, I hope that people will get the book and read it, and it's available Amazon.com and all the other outlets you can get it. But there's so much packed into that book about the power of forgiveness, God's ability to transform lives. So I would just encourage people to to really get the book and read it and let God speak to them. Again, thank you. Again, thank you so much. And we just want to challenge everyone: choose this day to be somebody that will make a difference in somebody else's life. It really is one act of obedience at a time. Join us next week and have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's